music, entertainment, forces life. The forces station. This is Team Talk. Hi and welcome to Team Talk. It's the show that's all about Forces families. I'm Charlie. And I'm Jill and we're dedicating the next 30 minutes to Forces Life. We're going to kick off the show today with another family time with Louise from Little Troopers. This time we're chatting to a new family at REF Bryce Norton and we're going to get some expert advice from someone in the know on some of the topics that are raised. This week's little victory comes from Jack who lives in Aquateria in Cyprus. We're going to hear all about his amazing fundraising for animals in his community. And finally, Joe the Connor Singer speaks from experience and tells us about his military childhood and life as an England rugby player. If you're from a Forces family, you've come to the right place. Team Talk is the show all about you. Now let's start with family time. Here's Louise and Charlie talking to Kat before the lockdown started. And just a heads up, they do discuss some tricky topics today, like PTSD and mental health. BFBS Team Talk. This is my station. This is the Forces Station. My name is Louise and I am the founder of the charity Little Troopers. Little Troopers is a charity that really supports military children who have got one or both parents serving in the British Armed Forces. And I'm in RAF Bryce Norton today with the wonderful Kat. And we're going to hear about her journey. So Kat, begin by telling us about how you got involved and became part of a Forces family. Um, so it was purely by chance. I happened to meet someone online. They became quite involved, talking every night. Um, found out he was actually in Cyprus and that he was part of the RAF at the time. Um, and we spoke for quite a few months first. I was a single mum, so very cautious to let somebody into the household. Um, and then he suggested that I go out um, to Cyprus to meet him. Probably wasn't romantic at all, but it sounds romantic that I ended up flying out on Valentine's Day to Cyprus to meet him. Um, I love that. <laughs> and the military was alien to you, so you weren't a military child or anything? No, no, nothing to do with military. You just felt, this guy's the one, I'm flying out to Cyprus. Yeah, basically. I How- love that. <laughs> and the rest is history. And the rest really is history. <laughs> um, he came back from Cyprus he decided to PVR um, before he came back he cut his tour short and came back um, due to his what we now know to his PTSD but at the time he just wanted to get out we never really knew why until he went back in um, and he actually went, went back in as MPGS um, so how long he, was he out for? only a few months only, oh really? yeah okay. really really quick um, but he went back in but there was still something not quite sitting right and then things started to develop on the PTSD side and then obviously everything sort of became clear. When did you notice sort of not alarm bells but but flags yeah. that, that something still wasn't right? Um, just he started to become quite withdrawn. It played on my mind a lot that he wasn't happy with me so I kept blaming myself and I kept sitting him down having these serious chats. You know, is this where you want to be? Is this? Am I not making you happy? And he would beg me to within an inch of my life that that wasn't the case and that's where he wanted to be um, and it slowly started to progress to nightmares I would hear him thrashing around I'd wake up and he'd be thrashing around in bed um, and it transpires he didn't tell me at the time but he was starting to have flashbacks and all sorts of things were going on that he was trying to keep a lid on as it were because I think there was still a stigma sadly that they don't want to talk about it so he squashed it and squashed it, and the more he squashed it, the more isolated he'd become. He'd come in from work, he'd immediately get his phone out and play on a game, and that would be it. And that would be 
what I saw of him. There'd be sort of no help with the children. Um, and it was a really difficult time because I sort of wanted to scream and bawl at him, but I knew nothing. I, I couldn't work out what was wrong. What happened? What made the change? How did he go and get that diagnosis? And, and how, as a family, did you cope with that? It gradually got to a point where it was becoming unbearable. Um, he was just snappy, he was grumpy. The kids didn't want to be near him. I didn't particularly want to be near him. Um, I wanted to help him, but I didn't know how to help him. It's such a confusing time. And I finally lost the plot um, and told him to get out of the house, which was the hardest thing I've ever had to do because when somebody's, you can see they're hurting, there's something wrong, all you want to do is bring them closer. And I felt by bringing him closer, I actually wasn't helping him. So I thought I've just got to push him away for my safety, for the children's safety. So it got to an absolute straw that broke the camel's back. And I said, you know, go. You've got to get out. We and, can't. And what happened then? He moved into the block on camp um, and he rang Combat Stress, who, for all the bad press they've had, were amazing with him. Um, they couldn't help him 100% because he was still serving. So they told him exactly what steps he needed to take. And I've spoken to the doctor at our family's day from combat stress and I sat him down and I was like, I don't, I'm going to be really blunt. We wouldn't exist and my daughter wouldn't exist if it wasn't for you guys. They have been amazing. Um, and they told him how to get help through camp, through himself. He was referred to DCMH and... Yeah, I I don't know a huge amount about everything that was spoken about then because obviously that's really private to him. Um, but DCMH, the doctors there, were amazing with him. They put him on a treatment programme. It was the hardest thing he's ever had to do. Um, he got downgraded from work um, and had to admit to work that these things had happened. Um, but he's never looked back. He's worked so hard through his treatment and has never, ever looked back from it. He moved back in as soon as he'd made that call and I knew that he was getting help. I said, you know, come home, because um, I want to be able to help you through it, as long as you're getting the help you need. So as a family unit, you, you're still working together, because yeah. PTSD isn't something that just magically goes away. No. Um, and how is he at the moment? Good, I guess. For want of a better word, a daily battle in making sure his brain's not slipping back. But you'd never really know now. Um, he lost a couple of friends um, in Iraq when he was in Iraq um, and he still has week for Remembrance Day is a bit tough. And I think it's important to mention that it. I know I briefly said it earlier but it is okay not to be okay if somebody's there struggling then there there is help out there and people can find that help and support as a family, as an individual yeah. you know, you don't have to feel alone People don't always see it, people don't see what's coming and they don't see if people are struggling, not because they don't care never because they don't care um, just because we're all so busy in this crazy life that if people are jovial and they seem happy they sort of bounce along and nobody really notices if somebody's really suffering so please, please, please if anybody's suffering, please speak out and ask for that help. Because you're not alone. Somebody will be there to take that moment. Yeah, don't think that nobody's there. There's always somebody. Mm. And that's what, I'll be really honest, when I said I was doing this, he went, you're not really going to talk about PTSD on radio, are you? And I went, if you really don't want me to, I won't, but I think it's really important. And he kind of stopped off and had one of his moments for it. And then he came back and he went, no, do it do it. I mean you've been really honest with us about your family life and it 
and you've chosen to do this for a reason to try and help make a difference to somebody else which is a massive thing and we really want to thank you for you know taking the time to come trusting us with your story thank you no it's it's just so important that people know there is no stigma so we do like to end with big smiles oh God, at family time. So um, we've been asking all our lovely guests three questions. So the first one is, what has been your favourite posting of your military journey? That's a bit rubbish for me because I've only been here. <laughs> and if you could give one piece of advice to another forces family, what would it be? Keep your independence. Go out, find something you enjoy, find something fun and and go for your passion and live your dreams you know it's it's a short life we might as well have fun while we're here and finally what's your favorite memory of your military journey my favorite memory is watching my daughter parade at remembrance day it's one of my proudest and and favorite memories it was amazing Kat, you have been so amazing. You've been so honest. Um, we really appreciate you coming in. It's a really, really special story that you've Thank told. You. Thank you for being on Family Time. The Forces Station. Hi, my name is Charlie. I'm 13 years old. I'm from Canada. My favorite song is What a Wonderful World by Is. Trees of Greenland, red roses too. I'll watch them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful his song because it was played at my mom's medal ceremony that she got from the queen the brightness of day I like the dark and I think to myself what a wonderful world the colors of the rainbow so pretty in the sky Passing by, see friends shaking hands, singing. How do you do? They really sing. I, I love you. I hear babies cry and I watch them go. They'll learn much more. The Forces Station. Charlie from Canada there, picking today's first song that serves me. A lovely choice, reminding us that there really is so much beauty and wonder in the world, even if we're not actually allowed to get out there and enjoy it as much as we'd like to at the moment. We heard in family time today about Kat's husband and how he struggled with his mental health. I've been finding out more about PTSD from Karen Ross, the health specialist at the Army Families Federation.
There's all sorts of symptoms that people can have. You know, there's discussions around hypervigilance or people become withdrawn or uh, more aggressive. But I think it just really varies across the board. Unless you're a health professional, I think it's quite difficult to actually categorically state that this is a symptom of PTSD. So if you feel that there are changes in in behaviours or attitudes, then I would uh, strongly recommend that the the person in question are persuaded to see their medical professional. It's very important that they go through the process the military's um, got in situ for them. So that they see their medical officer and their medical officer will do the assessment. They may be given uh, medication. They may be referred to counselling. They may be referred on to Defence Community Mental Health Hospitals. It's really important for the chain of command to understand the health of their serving personnel and that they know where they are in their treatment. When your partner is diagnosed with PTSD, it can have a profound impact on your relationship as a couple and on their role as a parent. Parents have been asking for specific resources to try and explain what PTSD is to their child. The child might inadvertently become the young carer for that family member. And it, you know, it can have all sorts of impacts. I remember one case that I was dealing with, you know, where they couldn't really see their father or they had to be very quiet in the home because any loud noises or noise would um, exacerbate the conditions. So that's quite difficult for children because obviously they like to play and run around and that's quite a strange environment for them. The charity Combat Stress has a 24-hour mental health helpline which serving personnel and veterans can call or family members who are worried about a loved one. Karen has another suggestion of an online community to try too. There is other support. Say the Big White Wall is um, one beneficial resource because it's free to access. It's an online support service. It's free to serving personnel and their families if you're over 16. Uh, It's not a treatment option, but it's a resource if you are feeling that you just need to offload and that you've got issues. Um, It's a secure, confidential place to do that. And you can find that online at bigwhitewall.com. BFBS, the forces station. This is Team Talk. Last week, we told you about a new creativity competition here on BFBS. It's called Forces Voices. And you guys have been sending in your stay home masterpieces. They've been brilliant. We've had all sorts from poems to arts and crafts and even some amazing photography. If you've been getting creative during lockdown and you have a masterpiece of your very own and you would like to enter it, all you need to do is search BFBS Forces Voices for more information. I can trust you, can't I? I'm going to let you have a sneaky listen to our favourite entry so far here on Team Talk. It's sent in by Little Reese. I kids have it tough. Lots of moves, wickers rough. A new home every two years. Sing by to friends, lots of tears. New school, new teachers and new friends to make. Then this load, it's a piece of cake. Footy team just won the cup. Got to find a new one, never give up. When I was younger, I didn't care. Now I'm older, I want to settle somewhere. 
Moving around is the worst. But my dad is a soldier and his club comes first. One day us army kids will settle down, move to one last house in one last town. Last new school, new teachers and friends to make. Then this all my life piece of cake. It's great, isn't it? Like Reese has shown there with his poem, our military children are really gifted and a very special bunch. Here on Team Talk each week, we like to shine the spotlight on a forces young person who's doing some amazing things. Jack is today's little victory. Hello, my name is Jack. I go to St John's School and I live in RAF Akrotiri. Recently, I did my second half marathon from Epi to Aki Gym and raised an incredible 1,000 euros for Dog Valley and Tala Cat that was split 50-50. Hi, I'm Emma. I'm Jack's mum and we are so, so proud of him and his achievements in twice now raising really large sums of money for the dogs and the cat sanctuaries. I've always been very passionate for cats and dogs and I thought it would be very good to raise it for two centuries, one of them both of my dogs came from. I think as Jack said, two of our dogs come from the dog sanctuary that uh, he raised the money for, for Dog Valley, so it's really good that it's going back into the same rescue centre that we've used ourselves. I've always loved cats and both of our cats are strays. So I thought it would be nice to raise money for a cat sanctuary which didn't have any funding from any military base or and had 900 cats in. We'd also like to say a massive thank you to all of the people that have sponsored him last year and this year. So it's friends, family, members of the military community and complete strangers as well. So we've had a lot of people that we don't know heard about what he was doing and wanted to show their support. It was tough. We were very fortunate with the weather this year, so it was complete shade for the entire course, but very hard and difficult, but it was worth it. So this year he was only 12. When he ran last year, he was 11. And it's a long way, a half marathon. It's over 13 miles. And he's much quicker than me. He's much quicker than a lot of people on that course and never gives up and still had his head held high and was still running over the line at the end. So, yeah, really, really proud of him. I just generally like animals and I want to be a vet in the future, so it's just generally a good course, which I've always wanted to do. drink one more Bacardi one more dance at this after party we still going going strong hi I'm Victoria I'm 13 years old and I live in Gibraltar my favorite song is Post Malone by Sam Felt we still going going strong and all of these good things good things good things all we need good things good things good things tonight we go all night long we party like Post Malone This song makes me happy and I first listened to this song on BFBS Radio. Yeah, we are 
into your eyes in slow motion we see the sunrise we are we are in a zone 5am but we still are rolling in the deepest of my emotions we are we are in a zone and all of these good things good things good things all we need good things good things good things Talk. What an amazing job Jack's done, raising huge amounts of money for local cat and dog sanctuaries in Cyprus, where he lives, by running half marathons. We're sure you'll be a vet in no time, Jack. Well done on being this week's little victory on Team Talk. Now, over this 13-week series, we're hearing from a range of celebrities and public figures who've all come from military backgrounds. Here's the second part of my interview with England rugby star Joe the Connor recorded before the lockdown. At what point did you realise that rugby was your game and that you wanted to take it beyond school and after school and make it your career? Um, it was weird because in Germany we used to play tons load of football. Rugby wasn't really popular, so um, we used to play football a lot. And then sometimes on the Sundays there'll be rugby for the, the Rhinos in JHQ. But you know, being Fijian and like Christian are main thing is that you can't play on Sundays. Um, obviously it's changed now. Um, so for us, it wasn't really an option. So we used to just stick to football because it'd be Thursdays and Tuesday nights. Rugby wasn't really an option for me. I didn't really think anything for it. I just, in my mind, I was like, I want to join the army. And then weirdly, it was when, when I went to Brunei and then played with my dad, their regiment would play like tournaments around. I kind of noticed that there was talent there. I played in part of the Brunei schools in the tournament. I was like, okay, there's something like, I've got talent, but can I take it anywhere? Um, we got the posting back to the UK. We sent my CV out or whatever. And then I got first involved with London Irish. And then from then on, it was just, in my head, I didn't really like, I was in the academy. So I was just doing like once a week. Um, and as I got older, I was like 14, 15, I started to take it seriously. So what age were you when you signed that first professional contract? I was 17, 17 I think. Um, but I was still part of the academy and uh, I didn't really think I was gonna still make it. Um, and then as I got like 18, 19, it, I got exposed to more rugby. Um, I found things I couldn't do before that I could, could do now. And then um, I was never introduced to the gym before that. And then I got started you know, um, take it, so I took it more seriously since so I was doing gym. Um, I was a bit big, so I was doing more fitness. And then made my first cap for the senior team for Irish, and I scored um, I scored a try, and then from then on, it was just, everything from there just escalated. I played, I was like a starting winger for Irish at 18, 19. Um, and it felt like I had to mature quite quickly. And then, like next minute I'm 
playing for England um, in the World Cup and you know I think from like when you have those opportunities you got you just got to take it straight away because it comes so quickly and it can go so quickly as well. And is there a moment when you're thinking pinch myself I can't quite believe I'm actually here doing this? Uh, yeah it was when I was on the plane going to the World Cup um, I was sat in the plane and I was like I can't believe I'm doing this. Um, a couple of years ago, I was just in Brunei um, playing touch rugby. But um, yeah, sometimes it's it's nice to pinch yourself and kind of appreciate all the things that you've gone through. And um, you know, I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't if I didn't live in Germany, if my dad didn't join the army. When you think about career highlights, what are those moments that are just up there in lights that you can never forget? Um, I think about a lot. I think my first, that first uh, game I played for England, uh, it was a Japan game, and then the week after I played Australia, uh, which I didn't expect to play at all. But the whole build-up of that week and like what I went through mentally and physically, um, I think for me that's one of my career highlights. Um, not because of the things I did, but because of the feeling I like the, the things I felt for it. Um, my first game, I looked back and I was like, this is everything I've gone through, this is for this game. This is the beat that puts the fire on your feet, gives you the license to be a little crazy. My name is Ronnie, I live in Canada and I'm 10. Talking real smooth to a lady. This is the hook that gets you given the look that gets you getting the number in your pocket. This is the part. My favorite song is Anthem by Thomas Rhett. I like it because it puts me in a good mood when I'm feeling sad. country vibes with that tune i am loving it 
If you fancy sharing with us your own song that serves me, or you just want to get in touch with the show, send us an email, teentalk at bfbs.com. And thanks to Jill and Joe for another great speaking from experience. Who knows? You might even be playing for England one day too. BFBS. The Forces Station. This is Team Talk. So that's it from us here at Team Talk for another week. We had another great family time chat with Louise from Little Troopers, speaking to Kat about how she and her family supported her husband through PTSD. Plus, we got some good advice for other families who might be going through the same thing from someone in the know. We also celebrated Jack, who's this week's little victory. He's been pounding the pavements in Cyprus, raising money for local cat and dog sanctuaries. And we heard more of the conversation I had with military child, come England rugby player, Joe the Connor Singer, in this week's Speaking from Experience. Join us next week for more of the same, or you can catch up on all the episodes, bfbs.com forward slash podcasts. Team Talk is produced by TBI Media with support from the Audio Content Fund. Until next time, bye. Stay safe. See ya.